Rosie and Bill Show wish to thank our primary sponsors, The Mallon Agency, located in Springfield, PA, where they take pride in exceeding expectations every time. The Roselli Agency. Brian and his team of insurance professionals have been serving the needs of Chester County for more than two decades. Anthony DiCecco and our friends at Tennis Addiction are ready to serve all your tennis needs at their beautiful facility in Exton, PA. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show. Our guest this week was named after a country music icon who's become one of his biggest influences. His three chords and the truth style of music is making waves on country radio and resonating with fans everywhere. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, singer, songwriter, and old school storyteller, Waylon Hannell. Hi, hey, Waylon. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> We're great. Well, Waylon, We're happy to have you. Good. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. We're we're glad that you're glad. And <laughs> what we wanted to do first, Waylon, was kind of turn the clock back a bit and go back to I've heard you share this story before, and I'd love it if you could share it with our viewers. And it goes back to, I think it started when you were eight years old. You first started asking for a guitar. Mm -hmm. Took a little while. But then at 15, you got it. And yep. then almost as quickly as you received it, it was taken away. Exactly. So can you share that story with us? Yeah. So like you said, I, when I was eight, I've always wanted an instrument. And uh, mom and dad, they always told me no. Um, they said, Waylon, this is not a toy. It's not like your other ones. You can't break this one. So they kind of waited till I got a little bit older. And when I turned 15 for Christmas, I got my first guitar. Um, so I taught myself how to play. It took me maybe two or three months to get all the chords down and I was able to play songs. And I showed mom and dad the first few that I've learned. Walk the Line was my number one uh, song that I've learned or first song that I learned. And after I learned that, Ma goes, hey, you should you should try to sing, you know, you should start doing that. And I wasn't really a fan of it. I just I wanted to play. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what I was. You know, I just wanted to play and that's it. So she goes, well, people like that stuff. You know, you go to a friend's garage, you're having a party and you have an acoustic guitar, you bust out a couple of tunes. People like that stuff, you know. And I said, no, no, no. Well, Ma said, OK, she dropped it, which is weird. And she went to work. <laughs> And uh, I and I was 15. I didn't have my license at the time. So I rode the bus. And when I got home from the bus after school the next day, I was looking everywhere for my guitar and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? You know, so I called Ma on the phone because she was still at work. And uh, she said, yeah, you're not getting that thing back until you at least try to sing. And that's that's kind of how it started. <laughs> so, and I tried to be strong and push it off but a month went by and now I'm starting to lose my calluses in my hand and so I finally started singing and without her doing that I wouldn't be able to talk to you guys and do any of the stuff that I have been it sounds like she was divinely inspired to push you in that I, direction you know and I don't even know what sparked her to do that it's probably just because so many people was asking hey can your song sing walk the line on an earth so well, Raylan, do you did you sing before that? Like, had she, ha, did she have an idea that you had kind of a talent, a good voice? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I grew up hunting, fishing, trapping. Uh, when I was younger, we had probably ten or at least a half a dozen coon dogs all my life growing up. And you know, we were in the woods, and my dad would always have Waylon Jennings on the CD player, and 
you know, I grew up singing and listening to that, but I never thought it would come to a career, you know, or even thinking of being a career. That's amazing that she yeah. she's like, nope, I want you to sing, and that's it, and you're not exactly. And <laughs> so, okay, so she, away. she gently persuaded you to sing. All right, yeah, we, gently. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What inspired you to actually start writing your own songs, and what does a 15 year old write about? Um, well, I wrote my first song, I think when I was 17 years oh, old, 18 and, you know, it was, it was a little down the line after playing and getting in the bars and doing the shows and stuff. And, uh, it's kind of fun. I think this is how everybody starts out. There was a girl and <laughs> I couldn't, she was in between a guy that she just broke up with and me. And, you know, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to bring her over to my side and show her, you know, that I could treat her a lot better than what this other dude was doing. So it went, that went on for probably a half a year or a year. And I said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to try to write a song and win her over. And if this doesn't work, I'm out of luck. So I wrote this song for, her and I, and it's called Nikki's song. That's the girlfriend's name. And uh, so I wrote it for her and, it didn't work at first. It took her about two months. And then she finally caved in and said, okay, I think I like you more now. <laughs> yes. But it turned out to be good. We've been dating for five years now. Oh my God. I wish when you reckon, when you said the girlfriend, I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds like it worked out. Yes. I, hey, I kept you on a leash there. I kept you wondering. <laughs> you did. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I'm sure she was flattered by that. Yeah, she cried. She she did cry. I wanted to play it for her, you know, a little bit more intimate setting, just alone. And before I know it, her sister, little sister, she was only maybe 12 or 11 years old at the time. And she's on top of the stairs videoing it with her phone. And then she's sending it to her mom, her dad, her other sister, her whole family. <laughs> and before I know it, people are going, hey, can you play that song? Oh, my gosh. And it was just... It was a whole deal, but it turned out good in the long run. Are you confident now as a singer? Uh, I would feel like I am. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, different venues, you go out of state and uh, you, you're you not in your same element. Of course, you get a little bit jittery, but as soon as I step foot on it on stage, and I know this sounds cliche, but it, I feel like that's where I belong and it just, it comes out. Well, your voice is really, I don't know, deep and rich and resonant beyond your years. So I think your mother did you proud. <laughs> I'm trying to do her proud every day. Well, it's Waylon, I think it's it's definitely working. And I'll echo what Rosie just said about your voice. I mean, the more I listen to, the more I'm just blown away by the tone and just, just everything about it. It's like you've been singing for a lot longer than you have. And yeah. I want to just... Uh, switch a little bit to the to the writing side. Now you said you started a couple years after you started playing guitar, but if you were to look at how it is for you now, do you set aside specific times to write, or you just write as an inspiration comes, or how does that part of the process work for you? Yeah, I would say it's more of an inspiration. Um, so how I really got into songwriting, of course, was a story I shared before, but. How I really got into it was a ra local radio uh, disc jockey up where I live. His name is Dan Richards. 
and uh great guy his wife georgian is such a sweet woman and them together they know a songwriter down in texas now he lived in nashville for about 30 years uh by the name of bernie nelson and i don't know if you guys are familiar with him but bernie has written for uh conway twitty um confederate railroad winona judd uh kenny chesney you name it he's he has a bunch of number ones hits he's a very successful songwriter and Dan and Georgian, after seeing me play for the first time, they said we should we should hook him up with Bernie. And um, they actually flew me down to Texas. They they used their own money and their own cash and kindness out of their heart to send me down there. My whole family, my mom, my dad, and I was able to write songs with him for about a week. And he was teaching me what to do, what not to do, how to come with titles, how to do all that kind of stuff you know and from that i feel like my writing has grown tremendously um i might not be able to write daddy never was cadillac kind but (laughs) but i feel like the more you write the better you get you know and that goes with anything no that that's a great point i mean that had to be an amazing experience to to go down there like you said i've definitely we haven't had him on the show but definitely know of his work and, mm-hmm. and one of the all-time best for sure. I mean, what was it like just walking into the room and being in his presence? It was crazy, man. So he said when we flew down, he lives in Fredericksburg, Texas. That's where he's uh, living now. That's probably about an hour and a half away from Austin, straight west. And the first time I ever met him, um, I was texting him back and forth on the phone. And he said, hey, let's meet at a, a steakhouse right downtown. And then you can ride with me out to the house and uh, we'll get started. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to jump right into it. So I met him at Crossroads. It's a steakhouse down there right in town. And, you know, he's got the cowboy hat on, the denim shirt. And uh, so as soon as I went up, shook his hand, he goes, well, this place is not cool right now. Let's go over here. So we jumped like three or four restaurants right in a row. And I wasn't able to talk to him because we had to follow him in the car. And then we sat down. We watched him play with a band. And we went home. And just being in his truck, around his side, walking in his house, all within a short amount of time, it, it made me think again. I'm like, holy crap, I'm with Bernie Nelson right now. Number one songwriter. It's like I had no time to yeah. process that <laughs> until I was sitting on his couch. You know, When you look back at, at some of the songs that, that Bernie's written and some of your influences, and you go back that 20, 30-year time frame, and whether it's Waylon or Merle or Johnny Cash, that music, even with someone your age today, still resonates. I mean, what is it that you think about that music that allows it to stand the test of time the way it does? Well, just like Rosie said, it's three cores in the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's mainly what I strive for. Um, there's a lyric in one of my songs, and it's not raunchy, but it's pretty broad and to the point. And... Uh, I don't know how you guys feel like feel about swearing on this show. You can share. Yeah. But all right. But that last lyric is if you don't like my music, you can kiss my ass. And I feel like that's a pretty bold statement. And that's 100% what I believe, what Bernie believes. And that's why we wrote that song. It sounds like a David Allen Co song. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to put out an X-rated album here soon. (laughs) 
I'm kidding. Well, I'm kidding. Well, the truth will set you free. I mean, it feels like people are successful when they're authentic. Yes. Yes. That's, it's very true. You know, if you're, if you're true to yourself and you're honest and humble and you're not afraid to be blunt and you're not afraid to share your opinion, um, I feel like that goes a long way. Honesty, being nice, being kind goes a long way and being able to stick to your guns, you know, and that's 100% what I believe. Well, Waylon, I'll tell you what's, what's really interesting with that is um, uh, we just recently uh, interviewed someone who I know you're familiar with, Colt Barber. Yes. And Colt had a meal with the other Waylon, the Waylon Jennings guy. Yeah. And uh, Waylon shared almost exactly what you just said with Colt. Mm-hmm. And he carries that message about just being true to yourself and your music and everything to this day. So you, yep. you've got it as well. So kudos to you for that. Was there anything other than country ever for you musically? Country music has always been a part of my life. You know, um, like I said, on the CD player and when we're pulling coons out of the trees and loading the dogs back up in the box. Um, I remember Ray Scott, my kind of music was playing. Waylon Jennings was playing. Uh, David Allen Coe was playing. And, you know, that and that music stuck with me. And, um, of course, I listened to some Southern rock, you know, uh, CCR, uh, Leonard Skinner, all that kind of stuff. But country really stood out to me, especially Waylon Jennings. I go, hey, that guy has the same name as me. And, and my parents go, no, you have the same name as him. <laughs> they had to, they had to correct me but i mean that that's how i kind of got brought up and um starting to like country music you have a lot of tour dates booked and you've opened you're really young you've opened for some major people what have you learned from those experiences is, is there anything that that sticks out to you as like a gem um so there's two of them this is there's two of them and i know it sounds stupid for me being able to open for all these uh, world-class people. But the two that stuck out was my very first opener. Um, and then I'll get to the second one. But the first one was Trace Atkins. That was the very first person I ever opened up for on the major scale. And I was freaking out during my sound check. I was nervous. And this was the first time I've ever been like nervous, nervous. Um So uh, there's a guy named Chris. He runs the Capitol Theater in Flint, Michigan. And that's where I opened for uh, uh, Trace. And he goes, hey, what are you guys doing for dinner? And we're, eh, we'll just go down the road. Well, if you want, there's a catered dinner downstairs backstage if you want to stay. Trace's band's going to be there. Um, You guys should join if you want. We're like, dude, hell yeah, let's do it. So (laughs) me and my dad walked uh, downstairs to the back. And they had, you know, masacholi, breadsticks, all that kind of stuff. And so we're sitting there eating and his band, the tour manager, they're talking and we sat off to the side. We didn't want to bother him. And I see I see this big metal door swing open behind me and this cute blonde chick walked out, a little chihuahua dog. And then this six foot nine dude with a ponytail. (laughs) And I go, man, who's that? And I kept looking. I'm like, oh. That's Trace Atkins, dude. Holy crap. You know, I he just woke up from a nap. He was in his pajamas. His eyes are all bloodshot, you know. So he got a plate. He was eating in about an hour. And uh, I was feeding his dog breadsticks underneath the table. So ho- hopefully he didn't have an accident on the carpet later. But uh, anyway, 
Um, so Trace got up from his seat and walked over to me and in that voice. So you're the boy who's opening for me, huh? And it was just so cool, you know, and I'm like, yes, sir, I am. My name's Waylon. He goes, I know your name. I read you on the flyer. Let's get a picture together. And he just Aww. approached me and he wanted to get a picture, you know, and it was just so cool. And he took 15 minutes to talk to me. And what's cool is we didn't even talk about music. We talked about other things. You know, we talked about what do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, what do you and dad do for work? And it was just it was crazy, man. And the best part about that whole thing is before he walked over to me, he took a bite and he was gr grunting and moaning. He's like, oh, God, my shoulder's killing me. And his wife goes, oh, damn it, Trace. I told you not to split all that goddamn wood before we got here. He was out in the woods splitting wood with the mall. And he was complaining about his shoulder being sore. And my dad, we started laughing. We're like, dude, we were just doing that yesterday. It was crazy, man. Wow. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that. That's for sure. No, no, it doesn't. And right there, it showed me that he was just like us, normal mm -hmm. and outdoors and just just down home dude. And know? relatable, really relatable. Exactly. Relatable yeah. is a good word. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, before his musical career, he worked on oil rigs down south. Yes. Because that's how he had that accident with his finger. Yeah. Uh, it was an oil rig, I believe. Mm hmm. No, I yeah, you know what? I noticed that his pinky curls in like this. Yeah, I think it had to be reattached, or it was it was a pretty bad accident, if if oh, I recall really? correctly. But uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't impact that deep voice at all. So it's no, no, not at all. If anything, it made it better. <laughs> yeah. Now you said there was one other one too. What was the second one? Yeah. yeah. Second so experience. the other the other one it was uh, Jody Messina. I opened up for her in Jackson, Michigan. Um, Flint is right here, I believe, if I'm looking at it right. Flint's right here, and Jackson is way over here. Okay. So, um, so we drove over there with the trailer, and we just got in there, and we were setting up the merch table, and it was pretty close to Jody's, and we saw her tour bus out there. But I don't want to be the guy to interrupt and try to get on their bus and all that. I I want them to have their own space, you know. Um, and plus it was winter time, so I didn't want her to catch a cold. But anyway, we just got done setting up the merch or the merch table. And I look up and I saw Jody Messina slip out the back door and go to into the back parking lot. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to go try to snag a quick picture with her, leave her alone, and then we'll go have dinner because we were going to go have dinner down the road. Um, their mom and dad's like, OK, OK. And I opened the back door and I looked out there and Jody Messina, I I'm not kidding. It's all skyscrapers around us. And she's in the middle of the parking lot with her hands out doing this. And I was just so blown away. So I'm looking at her and it just started snowing. Aww. And I said, Miss Messina, are, are you okay? And I didn't know what to say. That's what I said. And she goes, it's snowing. Oh my God, it's snowing. And she didn't know me. She doesn't know who I am. She knows that there's an opener, but she doesn't know that it's me. So I, and she goes, come here. So I ran right over there and she made me put my arm around her and we're dancing in the snow and all that. Oh my gosh. And, oh yeah. And I looked down, I said, Hey, Miss Messina, can I tell you something? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm Waylon Hannell. I'm, I'm going to be opening for you like in half an hour. Oh, oh, well, very nice to meet you. And just got like really professional in two seconds. And oh. I said, you don't have to get professional now. Let's keep dancing. So we did. And, 
we went around the building probably five or six times holding hands, just talking. And it, she was a, such a sweetheart. Oh my God. Yeah, did you have a coin by any chance with you? A coin? Yeah, because you could have flipped it and said, Heads Carolina, Tails California. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I should have. <laughs> Hey, I wonder how many times that has happened to her. Yeah. <laughs> she well, probably, so, she so probably went, you smart ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably. <laughs> oh, I love that cool. both of them were so down to earth. And because yeah. not only does that show how important it is to just be real, like you, you've talked about already, but just to, it relaxes the people around them. Yes, it does. You and it get, you get better performances and better output from people when you treat them like, you know, equals. Like people, yeah. you know, it's yeah. very true, you know, and just like that, um, I've, those are two of my greatest memories. And I, and I remember every single detail about it, you know, right. and, and just from them, like I said, being nice. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really important. Being nice goes a long way. That's a test of fame. You know, you really have to remember yep. that and be and continue to be nice. So remember that, Waylon. Okay. I will. I, will. <laughs> right here. I think you've got that part down pretty well. Yeah. Now, Waylon, okay. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh new old outlaws. Okay. <laughs> new single. So I, I was thinking about asking like what inspired it, although I think that should be kind of easy to tell. But tell us about the song. So me and Bernie, if this was uh last year when we wrote this song. Um, I was down in his house in his cabin in Fredericksburg and we just got done writing a song called new old cowboys. And it took us probably three, four hours to write great song. And, uh, we got burnt out a little bit. So Bernie says, let's take a drive. So we took a drive down the road, probably 20 minutes. And we got stopped at the gas station, got some snacks. And on the way back, Bernie goes, do you really like that song? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really like it. It's, it's a good story because we were talking about, you know, um, Lane Frost, Tough Heatman, John Wayne, Chris LeDoux, mm. just a great song, New Old Cowboys. And Bernie goes, well, I want to change it. I want to change one word in the title. And I go, okay, well, what do you want to change it to? And he said, New Old Outlaws. And I was instantly hooked. Mm. But I told him, I said, well, if we change the title, we have to write a new song. You can't just change it and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> so i started thinking my brains out uh the last five minutes we were on our way back and uh we get back to the coffee table and i'm trying to I'm, i have a melody in my head and bernie's playing the same melody and i'm saying man what could i say in this first verse that'll just pop and just give it that umph it, that it needs and bernie just typed out something quick on his computer and then he goes let's try this and he said 69 hemi sitting out in the field <laughs> And I was like, what the hell is he thinking? Like, I did not know what way he was going with it. And the more he got into it, 383, four on the floor, they ain't making any new old outlaws anymore. And I'm like, boom, that's it. It just, everything clicked and it made so much sense because they don't make cars like that anymore. You know, they don't make singers like Waylon Jennings and Johnny Paycheck anymore. And that's that's what inspired us to write that song. And that song fell out in about an hour and a half. Wow. It was crazy, man. Crazy. I love that you're so reverent to those who have come before and mm -hmm. you'll carry the torch. 
And I'm try. Wayland, we thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank we you know that you're going to do great. And we look forward to following your, your career. And you'll have to come back and see us again. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, for sure. I've had a blast with you guys. <laughs> thank you so much. And we'll see you again. And folks, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you very, very much. So I've done a little bit of writing with a uh, good friend of mine. I've told a lot of people this. His name's Bernie Nelson. I do a little bit of writing with him down in Texas. And uh, we just wrote this song this last February. It's on my new EP. It's available out in the hall. I brought this idea to him and we sat down and wrote in about an hour and a half. It's called Gypsy Angels. They tell him every night He stops in to see his friends But he's got demons he can't lose Sometimes he thinks, hell, what's the use? Probably gonna catch me in the end He says, damn this rain Damn that war Damn that girl who swore she loved me Just walked out that door Sometimes this life is just too painful So damn this whiskey and my gypsy angels Well, they're never there when he needs them And he wonders if they see him Every time he takes another drink and With each and every swallow He prays, Jesus, take this bottle and Pour what's left of it down the sink He says, damn this rain Damn that war Damn that girl who swore she loved me Just one Damn this whiskey and my gypsy angels And he wonders if he's flying too fast And he wonders if they gave up on him somewhere in his past Did he lose them back there somewhere in the dust If he just slows down, maybe they'll care He says, damn this rain, damn that war, and damn that girl who swore she loved me. And just walk out that door, sometimes it's life, it's just too painful. So damn this whiskey and my gypsy angels, damn this whiskey. And my gypsy angel